evidence and answers. Nearly every day there is news connected with the religion of Islam. Why is there conflict between Muslims and non-Muslims? What does the Quran teach regarding jihad and the treatment of the non-Muslim world? Can there be peace in the Middle East between Muslims and the Jews? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukaran. Pat is a national and international speaker, teacher, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, Pat explains the basic doctrines and practices of Islam. The insights from this study will help you understand some of the reasons behind the conflict in the Middle East. Let's join Pat now for this informative study on the basic beliefs of Islam. Well, we studied briefly in our previous session on the history, the rise and development of Islam. Now let's take a look at some of the basic teachings of Islam. And these are called the Six Articles of Faith. Now the first article of faith is the belief in God. Islam teaches that there is one God. Allah is his name. God is one. Unity and singularity. He has no partners. Now there are many who believe that Jews, Christians, and Muslims worship the same God. However, that is a myth there. Muslims worship what we call a unified monotheism. There is one God, Allah. And to associate anyone or anything with Allah is blasphemy. It's one of the worst sins that could be committed. Shirk, eh, often worthy of death. And therefore, to say that God has a son is blasphemy. It's offensive to Muslims. The doctrine of the Trinity then, the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, we Christians are what we call Trinitarian monotheists. We believe that there is one God revealed in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy in Islam, and it's rejected throughout the Quran. Chapter 4 of the Quran says, Say not Trinity, desist. It will be better for you, for Allah is one God. Glory be to Him. Far exalted is He above having a son. That's chapter 4 of the Quran. Chapter 4 further states, God forgives not the sin of joining other gods with Him, but He forgiveth whom he pleases other sins than this. He who joins gods with God hath strayed far away. Chapter 5 of the Quran. They do blaspheme who say God is one of three in a trinity. For there is no God except one God. If they desist not from their word of blasphemy, verily a grievous penalty will befall the blasphemers among them. Therefore in Islam, the trinity is blasphemy. The idea of God becoming a man or God having a son is shirk. It's very offensive in Islamic theology. Next, the next article of faith is the belief in scriptures. That there have been 104 holy books given to mankind. Most have been destroyed. But these also include the Old and New Testament, which is believed to be part of the inspired scriptures. And the Quran is the final and the greatest revelation from God. So the Quran is the holiest of the books. The Bible, though a holy book, has been corrupted by the Jews and the Christians. The third article of faith is the belief in the prophets. Now, it is believed that Allah has sent a hundred 24,000 prophets to mankind throughout the centuries and that 
all cultures have had an opportunity to receive truth from God. Chapter 10 of the Quran, chapter 14, chapter 35 states that messengers have been sent to all the peoples of the earth so that they are without excuse. So the Quran teaches that there have been many prophets. Six of the most prominent are mentioned in chapter 6 of the Quran. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And so Muhammad is the final and the seal of the prophets. Now, when Muslims say that they honor Jesus, they're telling you partially the truth. But the Jesus of Islam is very different from the Jesus of the Bible. Once again, the Muslims reject the idea that Jesus Christ is the unique divine Son of God. That's blasphemy in Islam. They do not believe that Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is a prophet of Allah, but only a man. So to worship Jesus or to believe in Jesus as the divine Son of God is blasphemy. Also, they reject the idea that Jesus died on a cross and that he was resurrected from the dead. Chapter 5 of the Quran states, They do blaspheme who say, God is Christ, the Son of Mary. But, said Christ, O children of Israel, worship God my Lord and your Lord. Whoever joins gods with God, God will forbid him the garden, and the fire will be his abode. So, according to many passages in the Quran, it is stated that Jesus himself tells the people not to worship him, and those who do indeed will be sent to hell. Chapter 9 of the Quran, the Jews call Ezra a son of God, and the Christians call Christ the son of God. That is a saying from their mouth. In this, they imitate what the unbelievers of old used to say. God's curse be on them, how they are deluded away from the truth. Chapter 4 of the Quran, the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, was only the messenger of God and his word that he committed to Mary and a spirit from him. So believe in God and his messengers and say not three, refrain, better is it for you. God is only one God. Chapter 19 of the Quran, they say Allah most gracious has begotten a son. Indeed, you have put forth a thing most monstrous. At it, the skies are ready to burst, the earth to split asunder, and the mountains to fall down in utter ruin, that they should invoke a son for Allah most gracious. For it is not consonant with the majesty of Allah most gracious that he should beget a son. That's chapter 19 of the Quran. So Islam clearly rejects the idea of Jesus Christ being the divine son of God. So Islam rejects the doctrine of the Trinity. Islam rejects the teaching of the Bible that Jesus Christ is indeed the divine Son of God. That's clearly taught in the New Testament. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if Islam rejects the doctrine of the Trinity and rejects that Jesus Christ is the divine Son of God, can we say that Muslims and Christians worship the same God? I don't think so. Essential to the gospel message is the deity, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of the Trinity is central to the Christian faith. And so it is not possible to say that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. 
Muslims say they honor Christ, and indeed they do. However, the Jesus of Islam is very different from the historical Jesus and the Jesus of the Bible. Now, Muhammad is the final and the seal of the prophets. He's greatly revered in Islam. Although he is not worshipped, he is greatly revered. Al-Ghazali, perhaps considered one of the greatest Muslim theologians, writes, Know that the key to happiness is to follow the Sunnah, Muhammad's actions, and to imitate the Messenger of God in all his coming and his going. And so Christians worship Jesus Christ and seek to imitate the attitude and the life of Jesus Christ. Muslim men seek to copy the life of Muhammad and to follow his actions. That is how greatly he is revered here. Now, the next article of faith is the belief in predestination, that Allah is sovereign and everything that happens, good and evil, happens according to the predestined will and plan of Allah. Next, and very important in Islam, is the belief in angels and jinn. What do I mean by jinn? Well, jinn are beings, many believe, made of light or of fire. Jinn are not as smart as men, but they're much more powerful. If, if you saw the movie Aladdin or you know of genies, they're not as smart as men, but they're very powerful. Well, that's the jinn, and they come from the Arabic folk religion that existed there in the time of Muhammad there in the Middle East. Now, according to Islamic teaching, there are two angels for every person. One records your good deeds and one records your bad deeds, according to chapter 82 of the Quran. And on Judgment Day, the books will be opened. And if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds and Allah is merciful, you'll be allowed into paradise or spend a little time in hell being cleansed of your sin. And there in paradise, men will enjoy eating fruits and drinking wine and being entertained by heavenly virgins, many of whom they can take as their wives. Now, the final article of faith is the Day of Judgment, the belief in resurrection, judgment, and paradise and hell. At judgment, the two books will be opened and Allah will judge. Now, men who are worthy, they will be allowed into paradise. There they will be sitting on couches, drinking wine, eating fruit, and various sorts of delicacies served by heavenly maidens or virgins whom they may take for their wives. Chapter 18 of the Quran reads, The book of deeds will be placed therein, and they will say, Ah, woe to us, what a book is this? It leaves out nothing, small or great, but takes account thereof. And they will find all they did placed before them, and not one will the Lord treat with injustice. Chapter 23 of the Quran, And those whose scales are heavy are those that are the successful, and those whose scales are light are those who lose their souls in hell abiding. The fire burneth their faces, and they are glum therein. Now, because Islam is a works-oriented salvation, only Christianity offer salvation by grace through faith. Our salvation is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. However, in other religions like Islam, it's a works-oriented salvation. If you have a works-oriented kind of salvation, you can never be sure that you have done enough for eternal life. 
Even Muhammad was unsure about the things that would happen to him on Judgment Day. He says in chapter 46 of the Quran, Say, I am no bringer of newfangled doctrine among the apostles, nor do I know what will be done with me or with you. I follow but that which is revealed to me by inspiration. I am but a warner, open and clear. In the Hadith, volume 9, Muhammad stated, Allah's apostle came to us and said, May Allah's mercy be on you. I testify that Allah has honored you. The Prophet said, How do you know that? And I replied, I do not know. By Allah, he said, As for him, death has come to him, and I wish him all the good from Allah. By Allah, though I am Allah's apostle, I neither know what will happen to me nor to you. Here in a speech to his tribe, in volume 4 of the Hadith according to Bukhari, says this, When Allah revealed the verse, Warn your nearest kinsmen, Allah Apostle got up and said, O people, buy yourselves from the hellfire, as I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. He repeats again, I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. Now, one of the greatest apologists for Islam was Islam Faruqi. And he writes this regarding the assurance of salvation for the Muslim. He writes this, Great as it may be in the eyes of Islam for any person to make the decision to enter the faith, the entry constitutes no guarantee of personal justification in the eyes of God. There is nothing the new initiate can do which would assure him or her salvation. Islam denies that a human can attain religious felicity or assurance on the basis of faith alone. On works and deeds constitute justification in God's eyes. Everyone strives and some strive more than others. Religious justification is thus the Muslim's eternal hope, never their complacent certainty, not for even a fleeting moment. Now that differs from what the Bible teaches. You know, Jesus taught in John 3.16, For God so loves the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. According to the Bible, the Christian can know 100% for sure they have eternal life because it's not based on our efforts or the things that we do, but based on the finished work of Jesus Christ, the grace of God that we receive by faith. But in Islam, you cannot be sure you've done enough to attain paradise. Now, paradise is described in the Hadith and the Quran. And it is a very sensual place where men will be reclining on couches, eating fruits and meats and other delicacies, drinking wine, and being entertained by these heavenly virgins. It says in chapter 36 of the Quran, See, the inhabitants of paradise today are busy in their rejoicing. They and their spouses reclining upon couches in the shade, Therein they have fruits, and they have all that they called for. Chapter 78 of the Quran Surely for the God-fearing awaits a place of security, gardens and vineyards, and maidens with swelling breasts, like of age, and a cup overflowing. Chapter 44 of the Quran Thus shall it be, we will wed them with the huris, or the virgins, pure and the beautiful ones. Chapter 55 of the Quran says, They shall recline on couches lined with thick brocade, and within reach will hang fruits of both gardens. Therein 
are bashful virgins whom neither man nor gene will have touched. Uh, I can't say the next sentence because it's radio, but these women will be ready to fulfill the sexual pleasure of the men. Virgins as fair as corals and rubies. Chapter 55 of the Quran. In each there shall be virgins, chaste and fair, dark-eyed virgins, sheltered in their tents, whom neither man nor jinn would have touched before. They shall recline on green cushions and fine carpets. Chapter 56 of the Quran. We created the huris, or the virgins, and made them virgins, loving companions for those of the right hand, that which is coming. Chapter 78 of the Quran. As for the righteous, they shall surely triumph. There shall be gardens and vineyards and high-bosomed virgins for companions, a truly overflowing cup. The Hadith states in Volume 4, narrated by Abu Hiraira, says, The Apostle's Apostle said, The first group of people who enter paradise will be glittering like the full moon, and those who will follow them will glitter like the most brilliant star in the sky. They will not urinate, relieve nature, spit, or have nasal secretions. Their combs will be of gold, and their sweat will smell like musk. The alloys, wood, will be used in their centers. Their wives will be huris, or virgins. All of them will look alike and resemble their father Adam in statute, 60 cubits tall. Once again, Volume 4, Book 54 of the Quran says, The Prophet said, The first batch of people who will enter paradise will be like glittering, like the full moon, and the batch next to them will be glittering like the most brilliant star in the sky. Their hearts will be as if the heart of a single man, for they will have neither enmity nor jealousy among themselves. Everyone will have two wives from the Huris, who will be so beautiful, pure, and transparent that the marrow of the bones of their legs will be seen through the bones and the flesh. Once again, chapter 56 of the Quran states, gives the account of the delights reserved in paradise. It says here, For the companions of the right hand, the saved on the resurrection day, these are those who are brought nigh in gardens of delight, upon bejeweled couches reclining upon them, facing one another. Upon them wait immortal youths with goblets and beakers and a cup from a spring of wine. They do not suffer headache from it, nor do they become intoxicated, and with fruit of whatever kind they choose and birds' flesh of whatever sort they desire. And there are large-eyed huris, or the virgins, like hidden pearls, a recompense for what they used to do. Verily we have produced them, these damsels, by a peculiar creation. Therefore we have made them virgins, beloved, of an equal age with their spouses, for the companion of the right hand. Now, I needed to quote several of these passages because a lot of people don't believe that, indeed, this is what the Quran teaches. I have been in several audiences where I've been shouted down by Christians and Muslims and other groups that this is indeed not the teachings of Islam or the Quran. And so I've often had to quote these passages and, and these numerous passages that describe uh, paradise according to the Quran. I remember I was in a church not long ago, and a lady stood up and just began screaming at me, you know, saying, how dare you lie? This is not what Islam teaches. I've married a Muslim man, and this is not what the Quran teaches or Islam. They do not want these things. How dare you come in here and lie? And so I sat there and I said, well, ma'am, I'm not 
stating what I believe. I'm simply quoting what the Quran says. And so she said, where? And so I went through these passages and I said, I'm just simply repeating what the Quran teaches. And I said, I invite you to go home and, and read the Quran your husband reads and see if indeed this is what it teaches. And I got an email from her a couple weeks later when I returned back home. And she sent an email and she said, what you said was right. And I hate this religion and I don't know what to do now. And so those passages are not presented to us by the press. But indeed, that is the Islamic teaching on paradise. Now, that differs greatly from what Jesus taught in the New Testament. When questioned on marriage and the resurrection, Jesus said, Are you not in error because you do not know what the scriptures teach, nor do you know the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels of heaven. And so in heaven, there will not be marriage or sensual pleasures like described that in the Quran. Now, the question I'm often asked is, well, this is a male's kind of dream fantasy paradise. Well, what about women? Well, the Quran doesn't say much about women in paradise. As you can see, it's, this paradise is oriented heavily towards the male. However, in the Hadith, it does teach several things about women and paradise. Chapter 1 of the Hadith in Bukhari's work says this, the prophet said, I was shown the hellfire and the majority of its dwellers were women who were ungrateful. It was asked, do they disbelieve in Allah? Is it because they don't believe in God? Or were they ungrateful to Allah? And he replied, they are ungrateful to their husbands and are ungrateful for the favors and the good done to them. And so women were in the abode of hell, not because of disbelief or heresy, but because of ungratefulness to their husbands. And so throughout the Hadith, it is taught that the women are allowed into paradise if they are pleasing to their husbands and grateful to their husbands. Now, many today, if you ask a Muslim scholars, many will say, well, women will go to paradise with their husbands. Well, what about all those virgins and things? Well, many noble women will enjoy seeing their husbands receive their eternal reward there in paradise. You know, just on a side note, I was asked that question in an African-American church there in Atlanta. And Lady Emily stood up and said, what about women? What is the fate of women? And, you know, I gave her both of those answers. And I said, well, and there are many that teach that a woman will go to paradise with her husband. And then she looked at me, she said, then what about all them virgins up there? And I said, well, she will enjoy seeing her husband receive his reward there. And her husband was next to her, kind of smiling at her. And she looked at her husband and she looked at me, she goes, uh-uh, brother, not me, not for this old fool. So as you can see, uh, Islamic paradise there is indeed male-oriented there. But it, what it teaches is contrary to that of the scriptures of what Jesus and the apostles taught. Well, those are the articles of faith of Islam, some of the basic beliefs of Islamic teaching. Now, when we come back together next time, we're going to go over the basic practices of Islam or what's known as the five pillars of Islam. So I hope you'll be with us again as we continue our series here on the basic doctrines of Islam here on Evidence and Answers. 
you for joining us right here on Evidence and Answers. I hope you're enjoying this series on Islam. If you missed any part of this show or would like to order the entire series, please log on at our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. This show relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift. You can log on at our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. Join us here next time as we continue our series on Islam, right here on Evidence and Answers.